Dotnet Rocks episode 620 with guests Jeff Wilcox, Marcus Zara, Sanyu Kiraluta, and Evan Dahl. Recorded live at Ordev in Malmo, Sweden, Friday, November 12th, 2010. This episode is brought to you by Telerik and by Franklins.net, training developers to work smarter. And now offering video training on Silverlight 4 with Billy Hollis and SharePoint 2010 with Sahil Malik. Order online now at franklins.net. And now here's Carl and Richard. Hi, this is Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. We're at Ordev 2010 in Malmo, Sweden. And we're here on the stage live in the Expo Hall and talking to Jeff Wilcox from Microsoft. Hi, Jeff. Hey, good to be here. So what do you do for Microsoft, Jeff? Uh, most days, I'm a developer on the Silverlight team. Wow. A real honest-to-goodness developer working at Microsoft. Wait a minute. I they, thought Silverlight was dead. Yeah. What do you do? <laughs> well, first of all, you they still actually... You have a job? They let me out of the office. Yeah, every which once is strange while, all by itself. Which is nice to be here. Yeah. Um, I, I'm definitely a hardcore dev for mm-hmm. the most part, uh, but I get to come to these things. And come out and play? Yeah. It's been wild because, uh, you know, it's kind of been ricocheting, everyone talking about it. Yeah. Right. And uh, by so, it, you know, the, the Bob Moo thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's... It's Should we refer to it as the incident? The incident. That's fine with me. Yeah. Okay. So, for the record, how dead is Silverlight? Well, I'm not marketing. Yeah. So, I'm a lowly dev, and I don't know if Bob's ever heard my name before. Mm-hmm. So, it's safe for me to say that it's not dead. You're my, building. My You're team is it. super busy. Um, the larger org I'm in, we do Windows Forms, uh, WPF, and Silverlight. Okay. And, you know, we're working on all those things. You're all those so, things at once. So, yeah. what features of Silverlight have you worked on so that I know what to yell at you about? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe you should start with the list of what you want to yell at me about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Actually, I, I, I don't have any complaints. I, I honestly, I started on the Silverlight Toolkit, so kind of a founding member of that. Oh yeah, and eventually, like, uh, through corporate reorganizations, found myself in Silverlight proper. Right in the core. Yeah, right in the core. We do a lot of uh, you know native development, C for the most part, and most recently, I helped uh, rewrite the parser, which is total geekdom. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's crazy stuff. But we we have a new base now. Silverlight Four has got a new parser. And then yeah. they kind of pulled me to Windows Phone. And oh, right. Unfortunately, is... Windows Phone was a fork of Silverlight 3. Right, so right. It's kind so you of a good to challenge jump back. There. Yeah. And it was Silverlight 3 with some 4 stuff in it? Yeah, we, we backported it a ton. So just, okay. just for proof that Silverlight isn't dead, there is a Silverlight next coming. Definitely. Yeah. Silverlight 5? I, I, don't, I don't know what it's supposed to be called. Okay. I honestly don't know. So but, we just call it Silverlight Next? Yeah. And like on, on the Windows Phone side of things, like we're already working to try to port Silverlight 4 things even more. So, so yeah. you know, it, we're definitely working hard. How about okay. speech? Speech? Speech API. No idea. I know it's difficult because there's, you'd have to support it on the Mac, too, and that's a total different API. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're definitely committed to doing both, but there's, like, the one feature, the COM feature in Silverlight 4. Mm-hmm. Right. There's no COM on Mac. Yeah. Right. So, you know, who knows? I think you could actually use, um, you can have your computer talk using the COM feature in SL4. Okay. I've seen it. It's a little robot voice. Oh. I've seen that happen. But the speech API itself, like a part of .NET, yeah. not going to happen? Not today. Probably. That said... Um, you know, WPF also, people were saying for a while, is WPF dead? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's definitely not. Well, of course it's dead. Everybody knows that. No, I'm <laughs> well, <laughs> it, now that Studio is built with it, it's obvious. It, it runs yeah, and all right. that stuff, yeah. 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 But Sony Vegas, little program you might have heard. Yeah. 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 That's but, I mean, every time we go and visit somebody, people do want WPF and Silverlight kind of merged. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, you know, people want full trust Silverlight. There's been talks about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I honestly don't know what we're going towards, but uh, the evangelist folks are always saying that we're going to try to kind of 
get things working together Richard better. Richard wants them merged into a single product. Yeah. I personally believe there should be separation. Yeah. Well, for now, I mean, obviously, different CLRs uh, yeah. on all three different platforms. There. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, there's, aren't there more platforms coming? Didn't I hear stories of being set-top boxes? There, there was a demo of that. Right. Um, I, I don't know much about that whole effort. Uh, uh, I know that we're definitely focused on Mac and Windows, of course. Mono guys do the Linux thing. Yeah, Moonlight. They, they have all their good stuff on the side, yeah. But um, I honestly don't know what the, the platform story is. Yeah, their platforms. I mean, what did yeah. it take to make it run on the phone? Because, I mean, those are pretty powerful phones. I've got one right here. Yeah. Uh, these are pretty powerful phones, but yeah. they're nothing compared to a desktop. Yeah. So it's got to have been a challenge to shoehorn it in there. It's taken a couple different things. One of them is the hardware's nice. That's great. Um, so for the Silverlight team, we, we perf-optimized it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a ton of stuff. You know, ARM is a new world for us. Yeah, so we, we had to do a lot of perf-tuning. Yeah. Um, so half of it was you know, features. We're getting the GPU to work with D3D, yeah. um, doing a lot of work to we actually offload animations onto a different thread. So you can have really hard work happening on the UI thread, but the animation's still smooth. Nice. That was something that we didn't have in Silverlight before. We put it on the phone, and I'm pretty sure we'll have it in a future Silverlight oh, release. Oh, great. Interesting. So, so if funny. previous versions of Silverlight or, or desktop versions of Silverlight don't have GPU support, per se? But there's GPU support, but oh, okay. there's just a single UI thread, oh. and all animations animate on that thread. Okay. And so the trouble oh, is, like, if your yeah, UI nice. thread gets hosed down, you see the animation stops. The animation Doesn't look stops. Cool. Yeah. So you fixed it on the phone, and now you're backporting that into the regular stack. Yeah. Something like a constraint to make a feature happen, right? Yeah, it worked. Yeah. And the other half of getting all the apps to work was actually, um, you know, I've been traveling quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, working with all these customers, you know, the Netflixes and all these folks. And mm. it's developer education a little bit. It's also yeah. us finding what the limitations are. Because it is just one core. It's right. not a quad core or hex. People right. have six core computers now. Yes. It's not that. Yeah. So Little, a lot of it's just education. And now ARM's threatening stuff. to make a dual core chip for, for mobile. That'd be cool. Yeah. 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 More processors. Yeah. My phone really isn't that. hot enough yet. <laughs> just give it time. Yeah. I need yeah. another coffee warmer in my life. <laughs> yeah. Make it even hotter. Yeah, I heard the studies that like a bunch of notebooks kind of a little bit too hot for men yes. at times. So yeah. soon that'll be the phone too. Yeah. yeah. Be, so I, I get just a you know testimonial here. I gave the Windows Phone developer version that I got before the launch to my daughter, who's 15, and I said, "Here, make what you can of this." In 30 minutes, she had all her Facebook contacts in there, merged with her SIM contacts from her previous phone, merged with her Gmail contacts, and her email was all set up. And like, I didn't have to go through any of the BS. To set up email on the like I did on the iPhone, I had to set up the server and all that for Gmail and you know the the name and the port for SSL and all that stuff. Yeah, I didn't have to do any of that. I just put in my Gmail. It knows about Gmail. I put in my name, you know, username, uh, email address, and my password, and that's it. And it's boom, a good step forward for sure. Working. Well, and he, like I said, she's, he started calling it the Facebook phone. I, I'm calling, that's, yeah. how his, that's how his yeah. daughter's using it. It's my daughter phone. is totally uh, all about Facebook, and yeah. she's nuts over this. Well, it's got the built-in Facebook for like status updates and photos, yeah. but there's also a Facebook app. Yeah, I got so, that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Well, if you know, really one thing that the whole phone does that the iPhone doesn't do—maybe it's not good if you have kids—is you can actually take the battery out. Yeah, yeah. that's and right. Don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Well, yeah. it's a good thing when your battery runs down, you want to replace it. It's a yeah. good thing. As a developer, it's important to me because if I attach a debugger to it, uh, I can't restart it. I have to pull a battery out. Yeah. You actually have <laughs> right. to be able to kill it properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot like a kernel debugger in Windows. So. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's got to be interesting to develop against the phone, just in terms of the 
you know, challenge of me at the low level you guys are working at trying to make all those things work. Yeah. Just, we have challenge with native code and managed code debugging. There's always a hard time putting it all together. Sure. I know you're not necessarily a phone guy expert, but uh, so the, the thing did come up on Facebook today about um, how long it's going to take before Verizon gets in there. And I guess the AT&T has some sort of exclusivity around, uh, you know, for a while in terms of being okay. the only vendor. Do, you, do either of you guys know? T-Mobile's the, selling them. Really? So apparently it's over. Really? Yeah, T-Mobile's already got them up. And Epic Canada, Rogers, TELUS, and Bell have got them. Well, that's Canada, though. That's a different country. <laughs> it's a yeah. whole other country. It's a whole other country. Depends on your perspective, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean... So T-Mobile has them in the U.S.? They're out in the wild. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, there you go. More phones. You know more than I do about it. Yeah, yeah me, definitely cool. me. Huh. But I'm used to that with Richard. <laughs> <laughs> so we, I, I guess there's no point in tell, asking a whole lot about Silverlight next. Just There's going to be one. Definitely, as far as I know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're, we're still checking code in. Right. And every day I get new check-in notices. But I, I don't know the release story or anything. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, privy to those cool details. Can't necessarily talk to us about new features. Well, seeing as how they really didn't talk to us at the PDC about anything new in Silverlight, it's probably yeah. a good indicator that you guys are still in the... Yeah, and I mean, to be honest, on phase. my side, um, you know, the, I think the PDC thing is kind of part of the issue that we had is right. we just didn't come out with messaging. Right. And I, I think it is because we're not completely ready to do it, but perhaps it, it would have been nice if we could have talked about it. Perhaps the timing wasn't as good for a PDC as it has been in the past. Yeah. Maybe that's just all. We also were really release-driven. For a couple of years, it was like mix, on-the-spot, right. new release. Yeah, you guys were right. so fast. The cadence was so quick. You know? yeah. we, actually were, we have planning teams that are working on the next version at the same time that we work on one release. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we kind of have the shell game thing that helps us release fast. But mm. it's also we're finally at a point where the teams mature enough that you know, we need to do long-term planning yeah. and work on long-term features. And mm. I think that's another reason that we just haven't released one in a while. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm expecting good things at mix. I, I hope so too. Yeah. Can I uh, just say two words and see what your reaction is? Codex support. Dead no man. idea. No reaction. No yeah. idea. Sorry. <laughs> it's right. much safer when you don't know. Yeah. I, I did. I worked on the um, the IS Smooth Streaming component for the Olympics. Oh right. Oh cool. And that was a fun challenge because we were trying to get Smooth Streaming working with H.264. Right. Did right. that, but I learned about you know MPEG frames and all sorts of stuff I wish I didn't know about. Yeah. But I honestly don't know anything about Codex. So. Right. Yeah, is there like a, is it, are there favorite codecs you want? Well, there's or? no there's no access to the codec, so like you can digitize video, oh. but you get so full you can code the video uncompressed on yeah. bitmap frames and yeah. audio frames, and there's you you can compress it yourself, right? Your own codec, but who wants to do that? I'd love to just have a stream. I, I think you do. That's what I just heard. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. You're, you're high. You're the one. I'd like to just have a stream object, you know, that opens up to an H64 endpoint yeah. and pfft. yeah, yeah. Sounds good. I, I know that there's a licensing headache in encoding. Uh, yeah, it's got to sure. be challenging. No idea how that works. Yeah. Yeah, I don't the, either. These are not problems you actually have to deal with, right? Thank, thank goodness, no. Yeah. <laughs> just do the easy part. You just write the code. What's your proudest achievement? Proudest achievement? Well, I, I wrote the Silverlight unit test framework uh, several oh, years cool. ago, and I'm glad that I wrote it then. It's yeah. kind of been a bane of my existence because people ask me questions about it, but... I'm proud that I haven't had to update it much because it just works. It works. Still it works. It, it solves great. scenarios, and it's not perfect, but it, it works. So nice. that's great. Yeah. That and, they, an and the Silverlight Toolkit you did way back when, too. Yeah. yeah. And we're still working. We have a phone toolkit as part of the team, and nice. people are asking why isn't there a new Silverlight Toolkit you know, for like the desktop, and the answer is we're all working on the phone. Yeah. So ah. you know, we kind of go back same and forth. Guys. Yeah. Same guys. You only do one thing at a time. Yeah. It's you, fair. We try to. Yeah. 
Well, Jeff, thanks so much for talking to us. Yeah, thanks a lot. All right, we'll see you around. Jeff Wilcox. <laughs> this portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our good friends at Telerik, who want me to tell you about JustMock, Telerik's mocking tool. And unlike most mocking tools, JustMock can work with non-virtual methods, sealed classes, and static methods and classes, giving you complete control over your code. And of course, you get that great Telerik quality and support. You can read more and download the tool at Telerik.com slash JustMock. And hey, don't forget to thank them for supporting .NET Rocks on their Facebook fan page, Facebook.com slash Telerik. Hi, this is Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. We're here at Ordev 2010 in Malmo, Sweden with Marcus Zara from Zara Systems. Hi, Marcus. Hi, how are you doing? Zara Studios, I'm sorry. Yes. What is Zara Studios? Uh, we are a primarily an iPhone and iPad development shop. Okay. We don't actually have every single developer or every possible development in-house. So we come in mainly as the, uh, the overseers or the drivers on a project. Mm-hmm. And then we pull in subcontractors for specific needs, graphic artists, 3D, whatever, whatever happens to be needed for specialty areas. So we're kind of more of a, a studio rather than a, a development shop per I se. I see. Now, are you doing apps for sale uh, in the App Store or for third-party? What's your uh, business model? Well, our original idea was to do half and half. Right. Uh, but it's been so busy out there that our internal projects are more like 10% oh. of our time, and then 90, 99% of our time is uh, is uh, The paying uh, customer wanting things built. Yes. Yeah. That's a good problem to have. It's a good problem. It, it is a good problem to have in the short term. Right. Long term, we would like to have you know, multiple revenue streams, things like that. Sure. Things that we can put our own name on. But uh, in the short term, the, they're keeping us very, very busy. So uh, apparently Windows Phone 7 is shipped now, and nobody's going to buy an iPhone ever again. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of the same thing we heard about Palm. I wonder what happened. <laughs> ah, that's um, funny. <laughs> I, from what I've seen in the Windows Phone 7, it does look very, very nice. It's yeah. going to be nice. Um, I've often said, and of course many of my, uh, my uh, associates have said that the iPhone needs a good competitor. I yeah. totally so I, agree. I, I truly hope that the Windows 7 does very, very, very well. Yeah. well how does Android play in that? A- Android's kind of a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. Um, without leadership, it feels like it's going in 12 directions at once. Right. Mm. And my, while each of those 12 directions are great... It's it's dividing the effort into twelve different parts. Sure, so it feels like a free for all. Yeah, the free and it feels like it's not going very fast. Hmm. Eventually, I think it'll be like Linux. It'll be great. You can do you know anything you want with it, but without you know one leader or even two leaders saying, okay, we're going to build this direction first, they're not going very very far. Yeah. Um, just you know, let's see where they're at in ten years. Where Microsoft, at least, I think they have someone who's driving it. We may not agree with the direction, but at least it's going in a single direction as opposed to multiple. How much has iPad affected your business now? I mean, it's much more recent than iPhone, but is it growing for you? Uh, Very much so. When we were doing iPhone development, it was... It was enough to keep us busy, but right. we were definitely looking at doing internal projects. And then in January, we pretty much had to put everything on the shelf because iPad took over. And there's essentially no difference development-wise between an iPad and an iPhone except for the size of the screen. And there's no phone, for example. But oh, correct. It, it, as far as the APIs are concerned, it's, it's exactly almost identical. But yeah. uh, that screen is a lot of real estate to try to fill. Yeah. And that's been the biggest challenge is, okay, okay you know, here's, all the, here's all the real estate. Now you can do anything you want with it. Oh, that's a lot of data to be pushing around yeah. all of a sudden. So that's been our. While the code's not any different, the the pushing the data around has been a huge challenge. Have you? Has your team dabbled with Visual Studio? 
2010 uh, for Windows Phone? No, I don't think we've moved outside of Xcode in a year. Yeah. Let's say, so that's your particular workspace. Um, not, what about uh, working in BlackBerry or Android or any of the platforms? Uh, we've got a couple of people that used to work in BlackBerry. Okay. Um, they don't anymore, and they refuse to do any work in BlackBerry. Uh, people who tend to come over to the Objective-C tend to love it. Okay. They, they tend, to, tend to love the language, the, the dynamics of the language so much that they don't want to go back to Java. They don't want to go back to C-sharp or the other languages. So you don't see a lot of that crossover. Um, I know a few of my associates who do Android and they do iPhone, but they do Android only because their clients who have iPhone want Android right. uh, mm -hmm. versions of their apps. Mm -hmm. It's not really by choice. Okay. Hmm. Uh, and how much is design a factor of uh, building an iPhone app in terms of time? Is it a lot of code or is it less code, more design? Um, in reality, it's probably about 25% of the project. What it should be is a lot more. It, it huh. really should be at least half, probably 60%. Wow. Because we, we, we tend to go down a lot of dead ends because mm. we haven't, because it, either the client doesn't want, you know, they want to see you coding yeah, or yeah. You right. know, they want it now, now, now kind of thing. So you end up hitting a lot of dead ends where if you'd spent more time designing, you probably could have avoided those dead mm. ends. Interesting. And, and could have gone, oh, well, that doesn't work very well. So you guys have that problem too. Yep. Yeah. We have that problem as well. At, at, and everybody wants to do something new. So right. that the, right. the challenge right now with the iPad is that a lot of people don't know what to do with it. They're like, oh, this is a huge screen. It's a laptop. Well, no, not really. Well, it's an iPhone. No, not really. Mm. It's, it's this in-between thing that, that they're really having a hard time coming to terms with. So they're either trying to duplicate web pages, which turns out not to work very well, or they're trying to, you know, okay, we'll just double the size of the iPhone. Well, that doesn't work very well yeah. either. So the biggest challenge has been those dead ends, those lack of design, and really just the immaturity of the, the, the size. We don't know what to do with it yet. What's the coolest iPad application you've developed so far? Uh, the coolest one we have developed so far, I'd say that the Associated Press iPad app is one of my favorites. Wow. Um, even though it's not, uh, I wouldn't say it's, it's the best way to consume news content, uh, they really decided to go in a totally new direction. They, they, were, they were one of the newspapers that decided to say, okay, this is not a web page. This okay. is not a physical newspaper. We're going to go this way. And it may not work. It may not be the greatest thing in the world. It gets mixed reviews. People it's either good, love it or hate it. But it's new. They're, they were willing to try to break give out Give us the an idea of what it looks like or how you use it. Well, well, the main screen of it has pretty much three components, almost like a smiley face. So you have uh, photos in the upper left-hand corner. You have videos in the upper right-hand corner. Those are kind of like stacks. Okay. And then you have this these floating tiles along the bottom, each one of those are stories, and you can scroll back and forth across those to see each one of these tiles. That could be, most of them are stories, some of them are ads, you know, it, it okay. varies. And you can easily flip through those. And then it's got a wheel uh, in the middle, kind of like where the nose is, that you can go through to select different categories. Oh, wow, that's interesting. It, it's, it's different. It's They've, a selector, really. Yep. Mm -hmm. And they, they, the, the thing that I like most about it, like I said, people either love it or hate it, is that they were willing to break out of the newspaper yeah. mold with it. Absolutely. Try it. And I think this is an interesting part is that we have a lot of, of UI design devices for phones that work, and we're still trying to create new ones. Yep. Still trying to explore different interfaces. Yeah. Great. And we have to because this, you know, it's not a phone. It's not a laptop. Right, we don't right. have a mouse, and it's also it's a two-hand device. Yeah. yeah. So we have to figure out what to do with it. Yeah, and how to... We, I think everybody's got the pinch now, right? They all get the pinch and the stretch. That mm -hmm. works. Do you think there's other finger motions that are just going to become you know, 
paradigmatic, they're going to be the one that everybody uses? Oh, definitely, definitely. If you look at like laptop touch uh, touchpads right now, two-finger scrolling is becoming habit. Yep. Right. A lot of people don't even think about it. So there's going to be more gestures like that mm -hmm. that we get used to on, you know, on these touch devices, whether it be Android, whether it be Windows or yeah, whoever. Yeah. You know, if a photo's sideways, it's going to become second nature. You're just going to scroll it. Right. Something, things like that are just going to come out of this mm -hmm. and naturally develop out of this. Mm -hmm. uh, are you thinking about any other UI devices going forward? Like, do you, have you looked at Connect and thought about what gesture-based computing would look like? Uh, I have been, been have been looking at the Connect. I've actually been staring at one of them they have uh, here at uh, yeah. Ordev, mm -hmm. and it's interesting to see where it's coming. It's definitely a, a nice step forward from the Wii. Yes. You know, when we get to the point where mobile devices and their cameras, and you have enough processing power to actually watch for that, yeah, that's going to be very, very interesting to, to see. Yeah. Um, haven't really thought too much about it because we're our horizon is so yeah, short. You're with building clients. on the device you've got in front of you that people want to get built on. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> it, it's nice to see that you know people are still thinking five years out, and it's right. going to be great to see what those stuff are. But right now, you know, we're looking at you know you know due dates of next month and things like that. So we don't really get to plan too terribly far ahead right now. Marcus, are you hiring? We are. Uh, we are hiring. We it's a bit of a vetting process because we don't have time to really bring someone up from scratch. Yeah. So we're looking. Mainly looking for people that are kind of in that, that fun little niche of they have enough experience that they can do the work without being having a manager standing yeah. over them, yeah. but not so much that they're actually starting their own company. Okay. So we're look, we, we like to find those guys that are in the middle, or the ones that don't want to run their own company, because right. that's a hell of a lot of paperwork. Mm -hmm. So you know, we like to find those guys that are in the middle. And if, What's your website? Uh, we have two different websites. One of them is Coco's My Girlfriend, which is our blog. Oh, sorry? Sorry. Coco is My Girlfriend. Coco is My Girlfriend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's actually that's our development blog where we right, do okay. all of our uh, our development articles, and then the other the other one is ZaraStudios.com. Z-A-R-R-A Studios.com. Yes. Thank you very much, Marcus. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Hey, I just want to give a shout out real quick to our friends at Data Dynamics who uh, make ActiveReports.net, among other really awesome things. ActiveReports.net is great because uh, it allows you to just build your reports with an easy editor, embed them right in your application provide PDF and HTML output, give your end users a report editor, royalty-free, of course, a great access report upsizing wizard, and all this for a price that isn't going to break the bank. ActorReports.net from Data Dynamics. Go check it out now at datadynamics.com. Hi, this is Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. We're at Ordev 2010 in the big slaughterhouse, uh, such as it is. The sun is streaming in. Yeah. Can't complain about that. That's good. Early Thursday morning. We're on our second day of interviews here. We're here with Senyu Kuraluda from BlackBerry. Hello. Hi, Senyu. And, of course, I refer to it as RIM being from Canada, but I don't think anybody outside of Canada knows the name RIM. They all call it BlackBerry. BlackBerry, yeah. Yeah, we're very well known here by that name. Yeah. But yeah, it's just the Canadian Research in Motion. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Nobody, nobody thinks about it that way. But uh, the original business class phone. Right? The yeah. original business class phone, but huge in the consumer market as mm -hmm. well now. Um, but starting out in enterprise, starting out in Canada, it's a worldwide phenomenon now. Mm -hmm. uh, from a developer's perspective, this is one of the big phones in the, in the group of smartphones. Uh, what's the typical development platform look like if you're going to build apps for BlackBerry? 
So on BlackBerry, starting in 5.0 and above, which are our devices that have been out since 2008 on, so most mm -hmm. of the new devices out there, talking about Java, which has been around for 10 years. You yep. could have developed BlackBerry and Java, you know, eight, nine years ago, and we have some right. developers out there who have done that. Mm -hmm. uh, and as well on the web. So we have our WebWorks platform that allows developers to write HTML, JavaScript, CSS, and we have a widget packager that will bundle it all up and convert it into a Java application for them. Wow. wow. I think we said wow it's at the pretty same neat time. Stuff. <laughs> Simultaneous yeah. wows. So, well, as you know, as a web developer, we want them to be able to come to the platform. We don't think everybody has to write in Java. You know, there are this many Java developers, but there are a ton of web developers sure. out there. Yeah. Right. And making it easy for them to be you know, to make really compelling applications on our platform we felt was extremely important. So what kinds of applications do uh, developers write? Is it your standard business class of apps or fun apps too? All sorts of things? Gosh, we have over 300,000 developers, so it's all sorts of applications. Many of our applications you don't see typically because they're written behind firewalls yeah. on intranets. Um, but even you know, the most busy business person you know, has a field service application, they still go home. Mm. They still want to play games. Mm -hmm. They still want productivity apps. Mm. They have grocery apps. Pretty much everything and anything. We talked a little bit at, uh, before the show started about, uh, is it called Web Gadgets? So Web Works, yes. Web Works. And, and that is an ability to package up a, a web-based application, but it appears as an icon. So it's going to appear as an icon. So it's going to appear to the user and to everyone, to the platform as a Java application. Okay. So within Java, you have a field, and that field is a browser field. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to render web content. Mm. And that's kind of the secret sauce. So we're going to take all of your web content that you've written, and we get to package it all up into an actual Java application. So okay. to our app world, it looks like a Java application. Application permission-wise and security, it's a Java application. Okay. So it follows the same model. Mm. So really simple for a web, web developer to come over. Um, but as well, we have APIs that allow them to access the same things that a Java developer would. Right, so now you can get into the accelerometers, the GPS, all of that. Absolutely. Okay. So we've written some APIs. We've actually open sourced it. And so we're working with a lot of the open source toolkits, so jQuery, Sencha, trying to help them bring their frameworks to mobile. But is it still a web app? I'm able to make calls out of the app over the wire? Uh, over Absolutely, the... and you can do that in Java as well. Mm -hmm. But you've written all of that. In, you know, in technologies that you know. So right. you can use Ajax, especially in 6. We have our new WebKit browser. Mm -hmm. So just full desktop rendering right there mm -hmm. on the web. And in terms of browsing the web on a BlackBerry, I don't know, I've never used one, but uh, my brother's had one for a long time. Um, browsing the web, do you, uh, is the web content simplified uh, in the browser? So that's a decision of... Um, the content provider, mm -hmm. right? So you'll and show a website as is, basically. So we, we can, and I think with Six and WebKit and that sort of cross-platform, yeah. really rich rendering facility that it provides, mm. many people are moving towards that. But when you go with your BlackBerry mm -hmm. to a website, mm. one of the, the headers, HTTP header, tells you what device it is. Mm -hmm. And so it's up to the content provider to read that and go, do you know what? That's a six device, a BlackBerry six device. It's capable. It's got WebKit. I'm going to show the full web. Right. Sometimes they want to show, you know, kind of a, I wouldn't say a dub, yeah. but more mobile-friendly mobile version. version. Yeah, mobile version. But I would say our advice to those uh, people that choose to do that, 
always give a button at the bottom to say to let them break out of it. Desktop. It's a user's choice. Yeah. Show me the whole thing. Some of them and want I'll to. Scroll. I mean, the main thing is just reducing the size of the page to fit on that uh, on the and smaller sometimes screen. Sometimes in doing to that, provide, you remove features. But it's also context. So mm -hmm. a lot of people just you know they want to bring the desktop experience to mobile, but sometimes. Right. When you have this device, it's very task-based. I pick it up, I look at it, I do something for a minute, I put it down. Right. And so what they're trying to do is make the interface really easy for you to jump, 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 and get exactly what you want. Now, is, is BlackBerry going to HTML5 via WebKit? Is that, is that the answer? We had partial HTML5 with uh, our previous browser, mm -hmm. but this is full HTML5, full Great. CSS3, JavaScript um, 1.8. So. For us, I mean, it really is a full web experience as well in our playbook. I don't know if you guys have heard about the playbook oh, on yeah. new tablet. That's coming out. Uh, that's going to be running Flash uh, and running Air Apps. So does Flash run on the BlackBerry as it is now? Does not run on the BlackBerry device, but yeah. it will on the playbook. On the playbook. On the playbook. And and that's their, that's their, uh, their iPad, iPad form factor. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a little bit smaller. Oh, it it's is, a, right. It's a seven-inch screen. Seven -inch, it's pretty amazing, like being able to hold it in one hand. It's mm -hmm. a very... It's a great experience. Light, oh, cool. thin. It's beautiful. 3G, <laughs> that whole yeah, kind of uh, experience. Right now it's Wi-Fi. It's Wi-Fi. Yeah. Okay. You wouldn't want to leave that on a plane, for example. You would not want to leave no. that on the plane. Who would that ever Who happen? Who would do that? Who would do that? Oh, boy. Sounds like a story. <laughs> nah. Yeah, I used to have an iPad. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> now some stewardess has it. Well, now you can get a playbook. There you go. Yeah, maybe. So where should developers go to learn more about developing against BlackBerry? Really easy, blackberry.com slash developers. Mm -hmm. We have tons of information out there, tutorials, videos, knowledge-based articles. We have a new resource center uh, that makes it really easy to search through it, forums, and um, our developer blog. So devblog.blackberry.com, lots of interesting information. Excellent. Awesome. Sure. Thank you very much for talking to us Thank today. Thank you. And good luck. All right. Hi, this is Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell, the .NET Rocks guys. We're live at Ordev 2010, sitting here right now with uh, Evan Dahl. Hi, Evan. Hi, how's it going? So what do you, uh, what do you talk about from day to day? Uh, so here at the conference, I've been giving a couple talks about uh, iPad and iPhone development. No so kidding. we did a workshop on sort of uh, uh, beginning to, to end building, building an iPad app, uh, and also a couple of talks on just development tools and sort of the different pieces you need to put together to, to build well, iOS apps. Do you have a packed house? Uh, yeah, it was a pretty good, pretty good crowd. Uh, cool. You know. Uh, there, I was actually happy to see there were there were a lot of you know people who had done iOS work before, but it was actually probably fifty fifty between complete newcomers and people who, with with experience. So, what did the managed code developers think of Objective C? <laughs> it's funny because I've never done any .dot net work uh, before. So I, there were a couple of people in the audience who I who I knew yeah. knew the .dot net world, and I sort of asked them to translate as needed. Okay, um, but. You know, I, I think any, for any good engineer, you know, learning a new language or learning a new set of tools is kind of immaterial. I mean, it's fun. It's, it's brain exercise, yeah. and it's uh, not that big of a deal. To it's just about solving the problem. It's just about solving the problem. Yeah. So you're mostly building apps uh, 
for yourself that are sold on the App Store, or are you building for third parties? So, so I used to work at Apple, actually. I was, oh, really? on, I was on the iPhone team mm-hmm. uh, for the first three releases. Uh, and for the, about the past year, I've been doing a startup. I co-founded a startup um, called Flipboard, and we make uh, an app for the iPad. I've seen this app. It's oh, yeah? gorgeous. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, the <laughs> iPad's a nice device all by itself, but Flipboard's sort of redefining the way you look at social media. Yeah, I mean, we, we sort of went at it from the point of view of uh, what would a browser look like, given what we know now about how important social is and how design... You know, we've, we've sort of lost a lot of the great things about... You know, you look at a magazine and, and the design and the layout and the typography. Um, it's, all, it, it's all working together to try and make all, this, the, all the new information in the, in the world sort of come together and not overwhelm you. Right. right. And, and yeah. social media right now can be very overwhelming. So Extremely. we're trying to you know, just take a lot of those principles. So and, for folks who've never seen Flipboard, uh-huh. what's sort of the look? Right. So, so you fire up the app and, and you get a magazine cover, mm-hmm. uh, except it's, it's animated and it's, it's transitioning between uh, different photos that people in your network have so been sharing. So it's a Hogwarts sharing. magazine cover. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. Nice. There is magic involved. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you're, you're likely to see, you know, uh, if you have a friend who just had a kid, you know, you're going to see this baby photo that they just posted on Facebook pop nice. up as the magazine cover. Mm. Um, and it's all about people. There's no sort of, uh, we actually left out raw RSS support for the first version okay. um, because we sort of see Twitter and Facebook as becoming like you know, the new social RSS. Sure. Mm. Uh, and then you open it up and, and you've got sections that you can subscribe to. Uh, and every section is basically either uh, a source from Twitter or from Facebook. or We actually let you add any Twitter user or list as a section. Hmm. And then you can go into these sections and anytime somebody posts a link, we, uh, we basically generate a content preview. If it's an article, we'll show you the first couple of paragraphs of the article. If it's a photo, we show you a little thumbnail of the photo. Nice. And you can sort of quickly scan through a lot of content that's being shared instead of, you know, click, 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 open up 20 tabs and try to context switch between all of these different things that are being shared. Yeah, the first thing I think about when I think about this app is filtering. Yeah. Because that's something that's really missing from Facebook. I've yeah. friended somebody... And they're bombing me with stuff I don't care about. Yeah. I'd like to keep them as a Facebook friend. I just, right. you can't tell them. And know. that's the tricky thing with Facebook, especially because, you know, there are a lot of people on Facebook who you, you are friends with in real life. Right. But, you know, maybe their, their political views don't you, agree with well, yours. Or, or, or you just you don't share interests, which is why Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Keep I the, do keep not the, need to see another picture of a butterfly ever, <laughs> ever. Or, you know, are you, are you listening, Darren? <laughs> Never, ever again. Or I don't want to go to your Jehovah's Witness meeting. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so, it's just not my thing. Yeah, so we, so we need so. better tools to help. Help filter this stuff. I mean, sure. Information overload. So, uh, is part of Flipboard is this preferences thing that I can start marking stuff that's not so that important to me? We do. We, we have a very small amount of that in the first mm-hmm. release. Uh, down the road, we we want to really amp up the the personal sure. relevance so that. Um, so we can look at what, what types of things you tend to like and, and read and share. And uh, based on your you know, retweeting actions, we can give you a sort of uh, a more nuanced, uh, better sort of personally, personally relevant view of the world. I mean, there's, tr- there's trending topics on Twitter. Right. We want personal trending topics. Yes. You know? Yeah, something that's uh, a little more sensitive to my filter. Yeah. Uh, so are you selling this on the App Store? Uh, it's a free app. Nice. On the App Store. For the, it's currently only for the iPad. Okay. Uh, you know, down the road it might make one, sense. One to, platform at a time, please. Yeah, so the stewardess yeah. that has my iPad will really be happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> you left yeah. it on the, pl- on the plane. You left huh? it on the plane. <laughs> nice <Yeah>. work. <laughs> so uh, it's already how been are claimed. you going to stay in business? Uh, so if, 
gold coins don't start raining from the sky. Because um, that only happens in Farmville. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, we're thinking Lame. we haven't committed to a particular business model just right. yet. We think it's important to just stay really focused on the product. Sure. Um, we do think that there's, there's a lot of interesting work that could be done with advertising to make mm-hmm. ads not feel so you know, annoying and mm-hmm. sort of... Right now, ads and content on the web, right. they compete with each other. Yes. And you look at a magazine, and first of all, the ads are beautiful. Yeah. They're nicely targeted. They're, you know, if you're reading Wired, the ads are, are interesting to a Wired reader. Yeah, because, if they, because the magazine itself tends to dem- def- find a demographic, yeah. companies are able to... Right. Yeah. yeah, Wired, the articles are annoying. So if the ads are annoying, <laughs> it's no big problem. Yeah, the delta is yeah. not that big. <laughs> uh, and, and then also, you know, you can just flip past it if you don't like it. Yeah, and, yeah. and on the web, it's either sitting there on the screen, you know, occupying Sharing pixels, screen space. Or it's taking over the screen for 30 right. seconds and making you watch In it. In our show, we've been very cognizant of the listeners' uh, dignity when it comes to yeah. ads and not <laughs> screaming at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good. That's it's a good thing to key around. Is you know, just respecting respecting yeah. the reader. Sure. Um, there's obviously you know potential for doing some amount of paid content or subscriptions or yeah. something like that as well. Um, we're exploring a lot of that right now, and we and we want to basically work with content publishers to help them build their businesses uh, in this, you know, post-social media. Because of all the media that we've looked at, and we we all feel like magazines are dying, the paper version anyway, but we love magazines. Yeah, yeah, totally. The look and the feel, I'm not all concerned about paper, but it's the way that data is presented, and we lose that on the web for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. And and you look at, especially the social aspects of magazines and newspapers, uh, you know, We've been clipping out newspaper articles and mailing them for, you know, hundreds of years. Yes. And, you know, emailing links now for 20 years. And right. now social media, you know, Twitter and Facebook are just the next logical Now we're just step. liking things. Now we're just liking <laughs> things. And, uh, yeah, totally. It's, it's all part of a big continuum, I think. Yes. Um, oh, they're making the sausage. <laughs> <laughs> I we are noise. We are in the old slaughterhouse. <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, when are we expecting the next version, Evan? Can you tell us? Huh? Uh, we are working on uh, an update that we're hoping to get out there before the end of the year. Awesome. Um, so that everyone who uh, opens up their iPad on Christmas has, has the latest and greatest. Awesome. Um, but, yeah, that's so... A lot of work to do in the next next month or so. You bet. Yeah, you get a lot to do here. You are in Sweden, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, it's it's juggling. I mean, that's the nature of doing a startup: right. juggling a zillion things at once. You code, you design, you hire people, you take out the trash. Mm. Um, it's learning to multitask. To Is there things, anything we can extreme. get from your website? Uh, if you go to flipboard.com, you can you can learn about the product. There's a link to our um, there's actually a YouTube video that uh, is sort of a product intro that explains what it's all about. Uh, you can follow us on on Twitter uh, or on Facebook, uh, and yeah, that's where all the info about new releases will be coming out. Evan Dahl, thank you for talking to yeah. us. Thank you guys. Thank you. All right. .NET Rocks is recorded and produced by Pwop Productions, providing professional audio, audio mastering, video, post-production, and podcasting services. Online at www.pwop.com. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter and offering custom on-site classes in Microsoft development technology with expert developers. Online at www.franklins.net. 
For more .NET Rocks episodes and to subscribe to the podcast feeds, go to our website at www.dotnetrocks.com. Got a transmitter band.